Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. Welcome back. I am Dr. Tanya Breland. And I'm Erica Leek. And this is our podcast, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadows of Resistance. And in this podcast series, as some of you know, we discuss issues that prevent us from being socially just and free. The goal here is to disrupt the status quo um, of racial inequality and inequity, sorry, in systems. Each episode challenges us, us all to be the change that we want to see yes. in the disruption of these of the status quo. So let's talk about our, our topic today. Um, as you know, we are in our DEI back to school series. Yes. And so our topic today is embracing justice. Yes. Embracing justice. And as we have requested in this series we'd love for you to share this episode with people you know who are in the education system so whether they're leader or whether they're classroom teacher we recommend that they listen to this podcast and that they are a part of our audience and give us some feedback so please by all means share if you haven't already subscribed to our page um, on YouTube, we do have a YouTube channel. It's TESO Consulting Group, T-E-S-O, and we would love for you to be able to, to share that, um, to subscribe to that, and to be a part of the conversation. So, embracing justice yeah. is our topic today. Um, let's talk a little bit about what that what that consists of. So, there, you know, as we've been looking at these social justice standards, um, justice is one of them. Yeah. So. You know, let's start with like the first of the justice standards. So the first justice standard is students will recognize stereotypes and relate to people as individuals rather than representatives of groups. <laughs> I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, if you've ever been a part of a group and been asked, as we talked about social identities in an earlier podcast, but if you've ever been asked to speak on behalf of an entire group, um, it's a weight and a burden. It is, yeah. and it's completely ridiculous that, mm -hmm. you know, I would be asked to speak about what black women want, do, experience. The truth is, as we've said previously, is that no group is a monolith. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what this is saying. Mm -hmm. Like, we want kids to recognize the fact that stereotypes exist which is me, these gross overgeneralizations of a group, mm -hmm. and that um, people are individuals. Right, right. people are individuals, absolutely, and that nobody represents. And it's not even fair right. to think that I can speak for you sure. and you know all my you know black friends, sure. if you will. No, I can't, I That's can't, right. because all of us have different views and yeah. different feelings and experiences and beliefs and you know, it's just, we just aren't the same and yeah. nobody is. And so teachers really getting to a place where they, and, and educators really getting to a place where we help one another understand and see the, the individualism that exists 
you know, uh, um, with each person yeah. and that, you know, the more we learn about each individual person, the more we learn about people, period. I think that's you know? really important. And I, and I think that means that in spaces where, you know, in classrooms, you know, as you seek to create these, these safe spaces, um, in your classrooms, we're or all these just spaces. How about that? That's right. These just spaces. That means that when kids say or you know imply something that may be unjust, right? That kind of lumps um, groups of people into categories. You know, it means that we we talk about it, right? Right. We don't let these comments just you know go unanswered. Like we talk about it, even if you don't have the language, I think we have conversations about mm -hmm. like, okay, so so where did that come from and, and what do you mean by that? And is that true for all people, mm -hmm. do you think, mm -hmm. you know, in this group? I think you you address that. And I think very often we're afraid to because we don't really know what to say. Right. Um, right. I think we also think that we have to know all the answers yeah. as teachers. Right. Or as educators or leaders. And the truth is we don't. We don't. We don't. Especially if we, if you have a classroom where inquiry and curiosity um, is part of the culture, it's like we can all learn together, right? Right. right. Including right. the teacher. I think that's really powerful it for is. kids it is. to see that that ongoing learning is just that. It's like we are all learning together. Mm -hmm. I remember I had a um, a student in my class that um, made a remark about um, Muslim people. And it was um, disparaging and insulting. And um, I remember the classroom getting quiet. And um, I said to her, because I, I, what I did not want to do, because I, I, like I, I knew her well enough by then to know that, um, that that statement was out of ignorance. It wasn't her trying to um, denigrate or offend a group. Like this is just what she had heard and she was kind of repeating it. And so it was important to me as a teacher to um, not squash her um, ability to, to share in class mm -hmm. and to ask questions. But it was really important for me um, that she and other kids hear that um, we, we can't speak in these generalities about large swaths of people. Like we absolutely, that can't happen. And so the question, I, I knew that um, she was pretty strong in her um, Christian faith. And the question that I asked her was, um, do you know, um, do, would you say that you know some Christian people? And she said, yes. And I, I said, would you say that you know some Muslim people? And she said, no. I said, of the, of the Christian people that you know, would you say that they're all, um, let's say, kind? And she said, no. I said, would you say that they're all generous? She said, no. I said, would you say that they're all mean she said no i said why not she said because they're all you know really very different in their um in the way that they are they're all people i said so let's go back to your statement about muslims so can you change that so that you apply the same principle to the people the groups of christians that you know to the to this question about muslims and you know what she got it and mm -hmm. she changed it mm -hmm. and it was you know really and at the end of the year i remember her saying because she was i taught at a county regional school and she was telling me that she was going to go back to her her district school but she stopped and she made a point to say to me 
you know, you really changed the way that I thought about about people. That's you changed great. the way that I think. That's powerful. And that was so good for powerful. me to hear that, right? Like, yeah. you know, and so, and that's what it's all about. It like, is. how do we get kids to really rethink the stereotypes that they come in with? And how do we get them to see, just as the standard said, you know, um, what does it say? People as individuals rather than representative of the group. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's look at that next standard. Students will recognize unfairness um, on the individual level, for example, biased speech and injustice at the institutional or systemic letter, letter, level. I don't know why there I can't <laughs> say level. Um, for example, uh, discrimination. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting kids to a place where they can recognize where something is unfair yeah. and where something is either discriminatory or biased is powerful. Yeah, and, and the distinction, right, right, between that individual and the institutional. Right. I think I think it is powerful. But that comes Agreed. from, you know, what we talked about in our last episode, you know, it comes from getting to know one another, understanding their the experiences and the differences. Yeah. And it comes from the connections that are made because then now you can be sensitive to what's going on. So I, I was um, watching something on um, Netflix. Actually, I, I was getting my nails done and it was on the screen. Mm -hmm. And um, in in this particular show, there were some, um, there were two people who were working with a, a group of after school kids. And it was a school that was predominantly Latino. Um, and the principal was black. And the principal was making disparaging statements about the um, the black, mm -hmm. not the black students, I'm sorry, but about the Latino students. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of stacked the, the after school program with the black kids where it was not, you know, proportionate mm -hmm. to the number mm -hmm. of Latino kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the women who uh, appeared white was, you know, offended by what she was observing and had made, um, had made a comment to the, her colleague who was a black woman, a, you know, about, you know, we've got, I've got an issue here mm -hmm. with how the principal is dealing, you know, mm -hmm. addressing and mm -hmm. talking about, you know, these students. And, you know, the, the black woman, um, though she could see the problem in what he was saying, didn't, you know, at that point, choose to address it mm -hmm. because she was just happy to have kids in the after school mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so she was willing mm -hmm. to overlook that. Mm -hmm. And now these are adults. Okay. So as you were talking earlier, we talk about, you know, helping children understand the, unf the unfairness. We also have to help the adults yeah. understand the unfairness. Yes. Right. So there's clearly some, some, some bias and some discrimination mm -hmm. that's happening mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. part of the principal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for whatever reason, the other black woman did not feel empowered to speak yeah. out against what mm -hmm. the principal was saying. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so if the adults don't speak out against the unfairness, how do we teach children yeah. to speak out against unfairness? Although I think sometimes kids are a little more bold. I, but, I think kids are bold too, mm -hmm. but when you're, you know, kids are very often in places where they have absolutely no authority mm -hmm. and so and no voice and no voice. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and so for them that becomes a, a bit of a challenge. Um, you know, in the beginning in our, in our intro, we talk about 
you know, really being able to disrupt those systems, right. disrupt the status quo where these systems can exist. Mm -hmm. And not recognizing that they're there is one of the reasons why it continues to exist, right? We get to the place where we don't even see it anymore. Right. We don't even see it or we take for granted that this is just how it is. Um, we don't even see it. We don't even we don't even recognize that it's that it's unjust. And I do think that's part of the challenge, which is why I love this standard about kids like recognizing unfairness on two different levels. Um, and I think that you know we often talk in education about rigor. I mean, talk about like a rigorous expectation for them to to recognize that that it exists. Um, and I also think in in them recognize we'll probably talk about this in the next episode but that action is important too mm -hmm. so once we recognize um that it exists what is the mechanism what is the mechanism in this classroom or in this school to address it so it's one thing to teach kids to you know to recognize it but they must have a, a mechanism to act on it mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. yeah. yeah but that recognition mm -hmm. piece is the key yes and we've but kids have to understand what's considered bias mm -hmm. and what's considered mm -hmm. discrimination mm -hmm. and what's mm -hmm. considered unfair. Yeah. Um, and it's easy for them to, to notice unfair treatment, mm -hmm. you know, from if, if there are groups of students. So there are times that we will um, show a scenario, a case study to groups of teachers. And one particular case study involves um, some black girls being reprimanded mm -hmm. by their white teacher mm -hmm. for talking in class. And the students in this, in this case study share, those, those black girls share that the teacher didn't address some of the white students who had also been talking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that, in, 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 in that scenario, the teacher then shuts those students down yeah. and excludes them from class and kicks them out. Right. And so, you know, that is a situation that's quite unfair. Now, if the classroom were a just classroom and a, and a classroom that embraced justice, if the teacher is, pin, is pointing out something in the girls that she's, in these black girls mm -hmm. that she's not pointing out, in particular it was white boys, in the white boys in the classroom, if the students are able to say, that's not fair, I noticed that you're not doing that when the black, when yes. the white boys are talking, mm -hmm. If it's a just classroom, the teacher would stop and say, wait, let me, let me think about that for a minute. Yes. I, you know, I, didn't, I don't think I realized right. that I had been singling you mm -hmm. out over these mm -hmm. other children. Mm -hmm. Let me now address that, yeah. you know. And now we've got a teachable moment right. here. You know, now the con there can be a conversation in the classroom that, you know what, it wasn't fair. You're right. When I think about it, they had been talking and mm -hmm. for some reason they didn't bother me as much. And maybe I need to look at my own bias. Mm -hmm. Wow. Can you imagine if that were the case in that classroom? Yeah. And, and I think it creates, right, this space again, where we can all learn from yep. each other yep. mm -hmm. and that mistakes aren't sort of like these, you know, fatal flaws, but they really become these teachable moments Growth and these opportunities, opportunities to learn from each other. Um, but, 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 you know, we talked about this in an earlier podcast, but that's when you plant those seeds early mm -hmm. in the year in that classroom, that this is a safe space for all of us to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. This is a safe space, space for all of us to um, 
figure out how we will work through our our um, our, our unjust moments. Right. Like how will we right. do that? Right. You know, and I think that's important. But I but I think um, yes, I I love that standard. I love mm -hmm. all of these standards. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, the next one talks about it says students will analyze the harmful impact of bias and injustice on the world historically and today. Yeah. So I have a story that um, I'm not sure if I've shared in previous episodes, but my son was a high school student and he, um, he's, he's now 28 years old, so this is, this is a number of years ago. Um, and he happened to go to, um, to an independent school where he boarded. Um, and that was like an, a really amazing opportunity mm -hmm. that he had as a student. Um, and in this particular school, he was staying in the dorm and he was a leader in the dorm. So in, in college, they have um, RAs, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. resident assistants. And so they had something similar to that in this school and he was one of those. And he noticed that one of his classmates was flying the Confederate flag in his dorm room. Mm -hmm. And so he goes to the dorm director and, you know, um, the dorm director was, you know, prepared to go and intervene. And he said to the dorm director, I would like to talk to him. He and another one of the other dorm leaders, one of his classmates, who also was black. And he said, we would like to go and talk to the student before you intervene. And so they went and they had a conversation with the student. And it was dialogue, basically, where in that conversation, they started helping this, this young man to understand the history behind the Confederate mm, flag mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what it represented mm -hmm. to black people. And by the end of the conversation, the young man took the flag down. That's awesome. And it was a really powerful, mm -hmm. powerful moment where, this, where he as a student was, was emp felt empowered to be able to have dialogue with his classmate mm -hmm. enough that the classmate made a change. Mm. Like, you know, it, it wasn't a fight. It didn't turn into some kind of like, you know, this group against this group kind of a scenario. It was, I want to have a conversation with you and I want to help you understand why this flag is offensive to me. Yeah. And that conversation, it was powerful enough that the young man said, you know what, I'm, I feel compelled after having heard your story, and I don't know what words the young man said, but after having, her, ha having heard your experience, it's important to me to not offend you yeah. in this way, and I'm going to take it down. Yeah. And that's what he did. And it, mm -hmm. was, it was a really, I thought it was a really powerful moment, mm -hmm. but there had to be some groundwork to sure. create an environment yes. in that school where kids felt like I can safely talk to my, my classmate and it doesn't have to turn into a fight. Yeah, I think that's wonderful that, you know, even that sort of that peer, um, you know, um, regulation mm -hmm. and discussion mm -hmm. and learning. Right. Right. So, you know, no consequences, but we can talk about this. Right. That you're right. That is that is powerful. Yeah, because it didn't turn into a discipline yeah, issue. Yeah. It probably, it maybe, maybe it could have. It could have you easily. Know? Yeah. Easily. Um, but, you know, um, I think, you know, what a wonderful example of, of this standard, really. And, you know, um, it's, it, it, it's such a wonderful thing when 
when kids are able to just, you know, like my father used to say when we were fighting Karen on, he would say, let kids handle kids' business. And my mom would be like, <laughs> get them, you know. Um, but, um, but there are times when, you know, kids can work it out if we give them the tools, That's right? It. If we give them the language and we give them the, um, the, the safe environment to do that, they, they can um, address challenges and learn from each other. And they can do it really young. Yes. You know, they yes. don't have to be like yeah. high school students no, to be able to have this dialogue. I mean, that's what all the research around restorative practices is really all about. It's like the, the community, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Kind of addressing some of the challenges that the community, that members of the community may be having with each other. I mean, that's really at the, the, the foundation mm -hmm. of it is, it's, it's like a positive peer pressure, right? It's like your peers are able to say, listen, this is a problem and we need you to, to address it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really a wonderful, um, and, and, and What's really wonderful about it is that it's such a sensitive, like right now, it's so polarizing. Yes. Right? Yes. And so for him to be in that situation where he was able to have that conversation, I think is it's wonderful. powerful. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The next standard talks about students will recognize that power and privilege influence relationships on interpersonal, intergroup, and institutional levels and consider how they have been affected by those dynamics. That's a powerful, powerful standard right there. Did you just use the word privilege? Mm-hmm. You know, some people don't like that word. I know they don't. Some people don't like that <laughs> word. We have episodes about that word. We even did a two-part. Some people um, don't like that, Tanya. I know. You're absolutely right. Let's talk about that, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I think to say for, um, for privilege, when we say privilege, what we are not saying is that People who have privilege did not work for everything that they have. I mean, in some cases, um, um, you know, people, they do work hard, but you get the benefit of the doubt. There are some things that you just don't have to contend with mm -hmm. um, when, you, when you have privilege. And I think getting kids to really recognize that and see that it is, is important. The dynamics of power and privilege, I think that's really important. It is. Because you cannot disrupt the status quo if you don't know that it's there. Mm -hmm you know mm -hmm. or if you're if you're not willing to recognize yes. or accept mm -hmm. or have you know. the language right to even like what is this right. that i'm looking at right. i don't understand right. it right you know right mm -hmm. yeah and i think it it takes a um it takes a, a skilled educator mm -hmm. to be able to you know appropriately teach students to recognize yeah privilege and power and how it plays out yeah you know in in, yes. in our society yes um and even in our schools mm -hmm. you know so they can look at you know who gets selected mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know for certain mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. who gets certain opportunities extended yes. to them and yes. who doesn't yeah you know and whether or not there are certain groups mm -hmm. who are being favored mm -hmm. in certain ways um, you can teach students to recognize that yeah. and to have voice and feel empowered to have voice to speak out against it. I, I so agree with that. And I, and I also think, um, I think the one thing I might add I, I, to this is really um, allyship as well. Yes. Um, so that they kind of understand like when they, when they are the ones with the privilege, mm -hmm. right? When mm -hmm. they are the ones that you know, or, you know, have an advantage that others don't, then, and, and this might, um, I think this will, will feature in, you know, in the next episode when we talk about 
action piece. Mm -hmm. But I think allyship is a, is a piece of that is, as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the last one says students will identify figures, groups, events, and a variety of strategies and philosophies relevant to the history of social justice around the world. If you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Yes. And I think that's what that gets at. Yep. Like, if we don't know that this struggle has borne out in different contexts, in different environments, in societies, we don't know what we're looking at when we see it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, this whole movement to suppress African American history and to suppress language and thought and learning around. Mm -hmm. um, you know, really some atrocities, mm -hmm. um, including the enslavement period in, in American history, you know, that was done before, Yeah. right? Yep. That was done before. Yep. After Reconstruction, there was like a real concerted effort Movement. to change the language and the narrative around the South. Yes. And, and then, it was successful. Yes. And, and there were laws passed. Yes. Along the same lines that we're seeing right now, yeah. you know, um, I just recently read and was just um, appalled that, um, you know, as a part of the, the what um, educators in the state of Florida are allowed to teach about black history is that, you know, um, enslaved people were quote unquote learning skills for their person that they could use for their personal it's use. Ridiculous. And, and that's like just one piece of how the narrative is being changed. And, Students, unfortunately, you know, if students in Florida are, if this is what they're teaching students, they then won't have the lens to even be able to point yes, out that's right. the injustice that's right. in slavery. Because they won't know injustice when they see it anyway. Right. You know, if you're teaching them that crap. Right. You know. Exactly. <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's real, you know. I mean, and it, mm -hmm. it's, it's a it is. It you really know, is. it is. It is offensive, it really is. and you know, we've got to get to a place in our society where we begin to, like we talked about in our previous episode, embrace the differences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. get to a place where we respect one another, and we respect the history of groups of people. Mm -hmm. We can't change history, but we can change what happens in the sure, future. Sure, sure. And, you know, when we think about the history of, of oppression in our society, you know, that history lasted for centuries, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So it's not something mm -hmm. that just happened for a couple yeah. of years and then it was over. Centuries, centuries. it was embedded yeah. in the fabric of our society. Mm -hmm. And so... When we, you know, we're, we have, as a black group of people, we have been fighting for our, you know, equal and equitable rights mm -hmm. in society. And we keep seeing this, like the clock turning backwards for some reason with decisions that are being made in the, you know, in the Supreme Court, Yes. you know, with affirmative action. And we do have an episode where we talk about that before mm -hmm. we even knew mm -hmm. what the, what the Supreme Court was going yeah. to say. Um, and when we look at how now the laws are like being repealed, if yes. you will, and yes. being changed to mm -hmm. go like backwards, yep. mm -hmm. you know, we are going to end up in a, another horrific time period, you know, where our children 
you know, are going to are not going to be in safe environments yeah, unless I, and until as a as a as an education community, we stand together and we say that justice for all, you know, we we yes. we we make students um, repeat the Pledge mm -hmm, of Allegiance mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and a part of that Pledge of Allegiance, you know, talks about justice yes. for all. Right. You know, mm -hmm. justice for all means what are we providing for students in the classroom? Are we creating an environment where they even recognize what justice for all is? Yeah, and and I would say it, mm -hmm. under that law, no, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's by design, isn't it? It is. That's by design. It is by design, um, sadly. This is a, a really intentional move. Mm -hmm. And it's so, you know, all, all I can say is, you know, sort of like what, what, what are you afraid of? And and the fear is really the power of of a group of people because they're not targeting like other you know it's it's just African Americans and and this 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 history around the enslavement period. Um, so I wonder then you know as a teacher then given the polarity and mm -hmm. given you know um, in New Jersey it is the law like you must teach about the contributions and the history of African-Americans. We have the Amistad Act and um, there are a few others. You know, you know, as we close out, you know, what are some things that you think teachers could do knowing that there'll be some kind of backlash even though it is the law? Like, how, where would you suggest a teacher to start? So, one, I would suggest that the teacher educate themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, professional learning, there's only so many PD days in a, mm -hmm. in a given school year. Mm -hmm. I think teachers are, um, should ha have the, the um, take on the responsibility of learning um, and be lifelong learners for themselves. Mm -hmm. So really knowing what the Amistad Commission is all mm -hmm. about, really knowing what the Holocaust Commission is all mm -hmm. about, the Italian Commission, Italian Heritage, mm -hmm. um, Heritage Commission, mm -hmm understanding more about the Latino background. Mm -hmm. I believe there's probably going mm -hmm. to be a commission for um, Latino yeah. students, mm -hmm. um, for, for Asian um, and Pacific Islanders, mm -hmm. um, understanding, you know, so really doing your own research and homework around different groups of people is really, really important. Yeah. Um, and, you know, understanding just if you as a teacher, as an educator can understand the history, it helps you to be able to have and engage students in dialogue about the history because unfortunately we you know we shy away from it because yeah. we don't know what we don't that's know right. that's right um, and some of us came out of school never having learned it mm -hmm. but um, that's what I would encourage you to do if you're an educator and I again you know want to thank you we want to thank you for joining us today in our conversation we want to hear from you we want to know what you're doing in your classrooms what resources you're using share with us on our social media and give us some feedback um, again i'm tanya thank and, you for joining us and i'm erica um, pleasure to see you again and to be seen again and we hope to see you at the next episode